opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hi, everybody. Welcome once again to Sports Roundtable. I am Bob Branco for episode 292, dated Monday, June the 12th. 2023. It's good to be here with all of you once again to talk sports. Let me introduce the rest of the panel that we have here so far. We have Don Wardlow. Say there. How you doing, Bob? Reverend Michael Garrett. And hello, everybody. <clears throat> How are I you? Did you? Welcome from a 95-degree sultry Missouri City, Texas. Hmm. Okay, I'm not sure yet if neither if either Luther King or Peter Alchel are here. Peter is here. Peter is here from the last nice day of Columbia, Columbia, Missouri, until probably the fall. Really gorgeous day here today, Uh, and we even got an inch of rain, so the drought is less than it was. So we're we're doing okay here. Wonderful! It's about time you had rain, Peter. Yeah, it is. Luther King will be joining us momentarily, hopefully. Sorry about that, Bob, but I was just going to mention, I just came back from uh, Bolingbrook, Illinois. We had a regional uh, baseball tournament there. Beautiful day on Saturday, but we got up uh, on Sunday to 57 degrees and rain, uh, and we played the the game anyway. (laughs) You did? Wow. I've played baseball myself. It's a fun time. Oh, yeah. It's, as long as you can keep the parents out of it. <laughs> Ooh. I know what that meant, Don. I know what yes. that meant. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, let me thank those who make it possible for Sports Roundtable to be aired. We start out with the media outlets. Thank you for airing us when you do. Also, Tom and Lynn from Rosie's Place chat line. Thank you for posting our shows on Bulletin Board 14. Raymond Gay, our editor and producer, thank you for what you do. Jacqueline Sylvia from JS Web Solutions, you archive our shows on www.brancoevents.com. Thank you for doing that as well. Merci, Jackie. And I also at this time want to thank Stephen for being our host for today's program. And as usual, Sports Roundtable is also being streamed live on ACB Media 5. And for that reason, and for those of you who are listening to us on the other media outlets, let me give my email address out in case you have a question or a comment to make to our panel members. It is bobbranco93 at gmail.com. That's bobbranco, B-O-B-B-R-A-N-C-O, 93 at gmail.com. And as has been the case for several weeks now, we are asking our participants if they want to comment on whatever sports topic they'd like to talk about, please feel free to raise your hand and and talk to us about it. But let me open up with a couple of quickies. Tonight and tomorrow, it's a good possibility that two Miami teams are going to be eliminated from playoff competition tonight. Denver plays the Heat, and if Denver wins, they win the NBA championship. And tomorrow, the Vegas Golden Knights play the Florida Panthers, and if the Vegas Golden Knights win, 
they will win the Stanley Cup. And how ironic that would be. Bruce Cassidy, the very coach that several Bruins players were tired of and had their general manager fire, may now win the Stanley Cup with somebody else. That's karma for you, and that's all I'm going to say about that. So now let me turn the festivities over to Steve to find out if anybody's got their hand raised. Oh, Troy Larson's hand is raised. Troy, uh, welcome. Hi, everybody. How are you guys doing? We're fine. What's up, Troy? Um, well, I would like to talk about the play, well, the play of the Minnesota Twins, but what I really want to focus on to start with are the strikeouts. And I Oops. and I got a, and I got a couple of notes for you. Too many of them. Well, has joined the meeting alert. Yes, you got that right. Too many of them. So here are my here are my two nuggets. Number one, the Twins have had thirty-five games so far in their first sixty-six games of the season, where they have had ten or more strikeouts. And number two, and I think this is probably the more important one. Number two, I, I learned this on the Twins postgame show yesterday afternoon. They have, so far in the season, have had 678 strikeouts. That's, in their, that's in their first 66 games. How many, so, ex, how, many, ex, how, many, how many strikeouts? 678 strikeouts. That's probably less than probably a third of the teams in the league. Hey, Luther. That have more than 600 plus strikeouts. No, that's, that's, ten, that's, ten, that's 10 strikeouts a game. That's like extraordinary. That's more than, more than that. That's, that's a yeah, lot. I, yeah, it is a lot. Yep. Yeah, yep. So, per, yeah. Although I bet the Yankees so, have more. Oh. So, so, so Don, 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 you've been around the, the clubhouse and, and, and with t- teams. What, what, what would, what do managers say? What, what what do the team officials say is going on with a team with that many strikeouts? Uh, they don't say much about it. Nobody seems to be as upset with strikeouts as they ought to be. You know? it, it seems to me it's pretty simple. That teams aren't putting the ball in play a lot because they, they're like, okay, I don't have to still do the little things to win games. And I think that's what we're, that's where we're at. Yeah, Troy, I have a question for you. Yeah, well, I was I was going to finish up my statement here. So anyway, six or seventy-eight strikeouts on a season in nineteen seventy-eight, guys. When you had players like uh, Rod Crew on the team in nineteen seventy-eight, this is for a full season. I think this is the least number of strikeouts the Twins have had in a in a full season, full hundred sixty-two game season. The Twins as a team had 684 strikeouts. So they've already broken that record. Uh, uh, well, they're, they're going to. But six no, they're n- no. If they get six or more strikeouts, six or more strikeouts tomorrow night against the Brewers, they will sur- surpass, at least tie or or surpass. Oh, that. okay. Yeah, they have 678. So six more would make 684. Yeah, well, Troy, now, do you know if... These strikeouts, for the most part, are called strikes or swing and miss strikes. That might make a difference. Well, I don't know the exact thing. Well, I'm sure a lot of them are swing and miss strikes. See, um, I don't know the uh, numbers exactly, but what I will tell you, 
is uh, Rod Carrero did an interview with the Star Tribune last Thursday, the Minneapolis Star Tribune, uh, one of the writer, one of the sports writers for them. And one of the things he said is because of the analytics that they are pushing, the players are not <laughs> tracking the, uh, the pitches. They're just guessing. That's what Rod Carew said. They're just guessing on when to probably swing at the pitch based upon the analytical information that they're given. And what analytical information are they given? I mean, the ball comes at you. It doesn't, you don't have much time to think about analysis. The ball comes at you. You either swing at it or you don't. Exactly. Yeah. Well, my guess we're probably saying, okay, <clears throat> the, this, this guy throws this, this type of pitch at this count. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's just what they're trying to do, I think. And I don't think it's necessarily the right way to do this. Is I think they're trying to give so much analytical information that the batters, they're at the plate, they're trying to guess based on information that they're given by what by uh, what pitch the uh, pitcher might throw normally in that, in that situation. And the key, word, the key word there is might. And that's, exactly. what's wrong with that. and that's what's wrong with analytics. That's what's wrong. You know, there's too much emphasis in analytics. I know that the Twins had a team mean after last Tuesday's game, and the strikeouts didn't did improve as far as how many they were having for the next a couple of games. But then on Saturday, they got 17 strikeouts, but they actually still won the game. The, the Toronto Blue Jays. So here here is my question. Um, we all remember 1978. You know, Don is, Don is a Yankees fan. Bob and I are Red Sox fans. That was an epic year for Red Sox and Yankee fans. Uh, you know, it was, it was an amazing year. The, from my perspective, the wrong team won. And from Don's perspective, the right team won. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's an epic season. Where did the Twins finish that year? Does anybody remember? It certainly wasn't <laughs> the top half, right? It, it was, you know, I'm guessing. I, th- I were, think, I think in my mind, There were I only two like, divisions then, not three. I, I right. think they were like third or fourth in that division but in, 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 in the western division yeah, I, don't know, I, I, don't I don't remember yeah i, I remember. think that might be right but i don't want to say for sure remember um, this though when the twins were slowly starting to make that climb their manager was tom yelling um no 1978 that, that was later that was another decade later well, that was in the 80s but what i'm getting at is it seems like from 78 to when the twins actually got good where they are now it's like what happened to the basic fundamentals of baseball yep and, and by the way guys gene mock was your manager in 1978 well, gene gene mock was wow what a name well gene mock was pretty legendary troy i'm going to give you some other great players on that minnesota team back in 78 the late lyman bostock was on that team yep and let's see i remember lyman bostock rod carew Larry Heisel might have been on that team. Heisel, well, Heisel ended up with Milwaukee, but I'm not Jer- sure. Jerry was. Terrell, Roy Smalley. Roy Smalley. Mike Cubbage. Uh, small, yeah, I think you might be right. Smalley was on that team. Yeah, could I Mike Cubbage. Yep. Dave Goltz. But, 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 but here's my question. Uh, you know, we're talking about analytics. Last night, am I right? The Twins are still in first place now. Uh, well, I was going to get to that, Peter. Here's the other thing that's more wrong with baseball than even what Troy just said. 
And, the, and I'm not sure, somebody suggests that Manfred do something about this, maybe establish a salary floor for some of these teams. Your last place team in the American League East has the same record as the first place team in the American League Central. Red Sox in Minnesota, 33 and 33. There's something terribly wrong with that picture. Oh, here, <clears throat> think, think of it this way. They talk about the NFL. If, you, if you're a division winner with a 10 and 7 record now that there's 17 games, and you have a team that's a wild card, that's going to be 11 and 5, 12, 11 and 6, 12 and 5, but they're the lower seed because they didn't win their division. Folks like the wild card team should host. No, if you've not won your division, it's not going to matter. So I don't think there's anything that baseball can do because they're in the same boat as football. They're not going to get rid of divisions. All the wild card teams, I believe, in but the American League, are going to be better than the third seed. It's incredible. They're they're going to be they're going to have at least 95, 90 to ninety plus win, ninety to ninety five wins are better, and they're going to be a wild card because they didn't win their division, and they're going to have to travel somewhere with a team that won eighty seven to ninety games, but it was good enough to win their division. What I what 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 I'm curious about to anybody who wants to respond to this is, you know, back in 1978, the Twins had far fewer strikeouts than uh, uh, than they're going to have in 2023. Yet my guess is the Twins are going to have a better record and do better this year than they did in 1978. Now, my, how does the strikeouts correlate to success? And I think one of the things the analytics are sort of arguing that none of us particularly like is. It's not so much how many strikeouts you have; it's how many home runs you hit. That seems. Well, how about that? Yeah, well, be... that's what the analytics will tell you. But the problem with that is, and I don't know the exact figures, but the Twins have a far better record when we have nine or less strikeouts. Ah, okay. So I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but basically, if they get over a ten or more strikeouts. They have a really Hello. bad record. So basically what that tells me is from where I sit as the youngest of the group in here is that if you basically play good, strong, sound baseball, pitching, pick it, hit it, and you outscore them, it doesn't matter what analytics tell you. Get back to the basics of what baseball is supposed to be. Uh, yeah, sounds I, like the simple answer to me, Troy. I think. Go ahead. Um, no, I want make your make your point, Bob, and I'll respond. Well, I think too much attention is being paid to analytics all across the sport. I know you're a Minnesota Twins fan. You're talking about the Twins, but this is a baseball problem. Too many general managers have their laptops. They should just put them away and go back to basic fundamental baseball. I thought they started that making progress this year by getting rid of the shift. That's a start. They have a lot more to do. You know, I wonder, Bob, if it has something to do with, with a, whoever who is in that front office. Uh, you know, back in 2007, uh, 16, we had, you know, the old front office with Terry Ryan as the GM. And there wasn't as much talk about NOX back then. And I think, uh, you know, I, I just wonder what happened was the Twins' ownership, they they knew they had to go a different direction, and so they were sold a, a, 
a bill of a bill of goods by Bernie and Derek Falvey, who obviously is way more in Vandewicks. Terry Ryan is more of the old school general manager. And the reason why they had to go, they had to change because we were losing. Uh, they, they, they had one of their worst seasons that year and they got rid of him partway through like around the all-star break. Uh, they let go at Terry Ryan or he resigned or whatever. I, I can't remember, but I, I just wonder what has happened because I think other teams were starting to implement some of these analytical strategies before the twins did. And the, the twins probably saw how successful they were doing. I mean, like, well, we need to get on board with that too. Now, Ter now Derek Falvey came in from the Cleveland, Cleveland, back from Cleveland Indians, now the Guardians organization, but he was not in charge of the baseball operations there. And Cleveland has been more successful overall than the, uh, the Twins have in recent years. They can't so, hit. Can't hit? Cleveland yeah, can't hit. Only guard, occasionally. Guard. And boy, did they ever have a game on Friday night when they beat the Chiefs, the, the Houston Trash cans. Uh, Astros, yeah. Houston um, trash cans. Ten, 10 to 9 in yeah. 14 innings. That's a game that uh, Manfred initially, you know, he didn't want that kind of a game to happen. He didn't want any more 14 inning games. But holy cow, was that game exciting. He didn't want, he, he doesn't want any more 14 inning games. What can he do about it? Why do you think they put in the, the ghost the runner, ghost runner. The, the Manfred well, man? Well, he that's wanted the other 10 problem or 11 baseball. inning games. He didn't want any more 14, 16, 20 inning, which I love those long games. And that that one, that one in Cleveland Friday night was way exciting. Mm. Yes. Well, I'm just talking about success overall um, between the Cleveland Indians and the Twins. Although um, you could argue that since 2019, the Twins maybe have had a little more success than Cleveland. But of all, it's two on 21, two on 22. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs, the twins didn't. So it, it's, um, I don't know. I, I think the reason why I think they were successful in 2019, the twins were, was because of the previous regime of Terry Ryan. And also, uh, yeah, just that, well, he had been gone for three years. I mean, you know, we had more players from back when Ryan was the, uh, the general manager. Uh, I don't think it really had so much to do with Falvey's doing. It's just that he was set up for that success. I mean, Shirley Brown's some key players, which helped. I mean, Nelson Cruz was a big help to us. But I don't know. It just seemed like ever since toward the end of 2020, that's shortened 60-game season. And 2021 and 2022, we have, and of course, this year so far, we have not done as well. So... I, I think Anawex is to blame. I also think too that who knows, maybe Anawex is telling them how to develop the uh, players and minors. You know, I, I, you know, I'm not, I don't work for twins. I'm just only telling the listeners what I see as a fan, what I hear. And I don't have any more to go on uh, beyond that. Right. Yeah. This is why we do this show. Because right. folks like you, this I, is uh, why. I, uh, I, I thank you for your opinion, but I think it's shared by many other fans of many other teams in baseball I mean, who have the I'm, same I'm looking, issues. I'm looking at my team right now. We're so We're, pathetic in almost every facet. It's not even funny. You know what I couldn't find? I wanted to find, I wanted to tell you how many times the Yankees have struck out 
and I was unable to find it. So, Troy, I don't know how you found out about the twins, but I would give a lot to find out how much you, my you can pro- you can prop you can probably go into the stats of your MLB app. I, I would say Google. Team. Start out with our friend. Well, yeah, that too. Yes. I did. The... I, I did try that. I'll have to dig deeper when I have more time when we're not on the air. But I really wanted to bring it to you right you here can, if I you could. Can, but... You can probably find it in your MLB app. I really wanted to go into the MLB wrap up. I'm gonna with my team. I could have found it. Uh, I'm gonna try asking Siri here, and then I'll come back and uh, see if, if I find out how many strikeouts the Yankees have. Yeah, thank you. Heaven, heaven knows yeah, with you. with Judge and. And, well, Judge and, is out. Well, I know that, but be, but he wasn't always. Uh, and, and Judge, and, Judge and, is a strikeout guy, right? He, well, he's, Judge he's, is, he's an awesome is. So Stanton, oh God, yes. Oh, and yeah. I, I Volpe, that. they say Volpe has already struck out seventy-seven times. Now, I don't know how many games they played yet, but for, for anybody to strike out seventy-seven times already, that's a lot. Oh, Raphael and, Devers has struck out over fifty times already, and the and the failure to get the base move. I mean, in the tenth inning last night, I, I went back and listened to Ob, who's he was the Red Sox, who, in my opinion, David Bryant is so much better on radio. I'm sorry, but he tries to bring his radio voice to television. I've always said that about him. He is so much better on radio. <clears throat> but anyway, Yankees had it. The ghost runner, whatever you want to call their owner at second base. Yeah. With nobody out. Well, one out, actually. It was a slow runner because they ran out of position players. And the, they, and the runner was at third. LeMayu. Right. All you, all you had to do was hit a little ground ball to the middle infield. Or, or a fly ball. Or a Either fly one. ball. And the game continues. And we've instead, not been good at that in so many years. It's not even instead, funny. Instead, the batter struck out. Yep. And I'm thinking the Yankees do that. The Cardinals do that. A lot of teams that normally win are what they know with all these stupid analytics. is costing teams a lot more than they realize. But their GMs don't seem to care because they keep on doing it. Because I, because I wonder if well, my it, it, it team goes has back. It, it it goes back to what 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 you've already said, guys. It, it, Bob, in terms of uh, fundamentals, <clears throat> contact. You got to put the ball in play. I I, I hate strikeouts. And, Even and, if and it like, means putting a butt down. I mean, yeah, but oh, there like was some beautiful bunting going earlier. on during the Red Sox Yankee series. Well, you know, even I mean, I hate call strikes. Oh, you cold know, strikes that suck. Is, that's the worst. Especially thing. when the umpire has no idea what the strike zone is. Yeah, there was an <laughs> old old umpire way back in the day, and about called strikes, he would say, "You can't hit the boulder with your bat on your shoulder." And he's yeah, right. Yeah, no, exactly, folks don't think that way now. Make, that's right. That's right. Who's that umpire, Don? His name was Bill Byron. I'm talking oh. Ty Cobb era. Oh, okay. But that's no what he would say. Right. But guess what? If he, if he were still yeah. alive today, guess what? He would be exactly right. He sure would. He sure he would. would be 1,000% right. But they, they do spend entirely too much time with too the bat on their time. shoulder, especially when you can't figure, like you said, what the strike is going to be if they ever bring in robo ump i don't know 
I don't know what that's going to do. Uh, I listened. I was listening to the sounds of minor league game over the weekend at Jacksonville, and they had the automated ball strike system. Yeah, where the umpire still calls, he still signals to upstairs, but the earpiece that has the artificial te- artificial technology in his ear basically tells him if it was a strike or a ball as it comes across the plate. Yeah, and they have a cha- and they can challenge it. It'll be but very, that, very that, interesting if that, they but, ever actually bring it to the majors. Really, that, that's why that's why they're doing the back end of the minor league season, the AAA right now. Do you yeah, think the so minor yeah. leaguers are getting the bats off their shoulders, or are they still getting caught looking? Um, I I think this is just me from the games that I've listened to. There is something that's still whining, complaining that the ball was blown outside when they should have been mm-hmm. swinging. Then there are some that aren't sure because the umpire sometimes just guessing. And then it's like, oh, that wasn't called a strike in the first, but it's called a strike in the third. So again, we still have umpires just guessing. So it's really hard to get an, you know, idea. I wish I wish I could bring the voice of the sounds on here, where we could really have a discussion. But I know he's busy getting ready for the two-week homestand. Plus, he got other obligations because he would probably be the best to, you know, answer that a little better than me. I, I I'm curious what with I, the question. That, go, ahead, go ahead, Michael. Uh, what I wonder is, though, it, <clears throat> what do these guys do for batting practice these days? You've 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 got to get up there so so you can see the ball. They they go to the batting cage, don't they? They should. Well, yeah. They should stay in the batting cage and just hit ball after ball after ball after ball. Well, they they have to be able set, to see the ball. They have it set up with you know the little pitching machine or whatever. Their coaches set it up where they just take you know, swing at the pitches that they are getting exploited by. And I wonder if sometimes, you know, pitchers figure out what the batter's weakness is, but the batter is so bit on not adjusting because they've done it the same way their whole life that they uh, feel well, like that they don't have to adjust. Well, Mike, if it's all about analytics, it doesn't really matter what happens in batting practice. The whole idea of analytics is, What's the count when the pitcher throws this pitch? What's the count when the pitcher throws that pitch? Okay. Batting practice is a whole nother ball of wax. You can be Hank Aaron and batting practice and hit all kind of home runs. Analytics don't play into batting practice. But, I get, but if I you're can not tell. seeing the ball, if you're not seeing the ball, the pitcher's going to fool you every time. That pitch because you know why? Pitchers, if they're smart... Pitchers will figure out on film what your weak point is. And until you as the hitter adjust, they will keep exploiting that until you are smooth in the face. That's why some that's why some players never make it up. Because they still have trouble with the whole industry. I, I'm really curious. Somebody asked a really good question when this whole conversation got started, which is how many of these strikeouts are called and how many are swinging? Because I think part of what's going on here is that home run is much more important now than it was back in 1978. And the people are swinging for home runs. And if you're going to get home putting run, the ball in play, right? Exactly. So if you're going to swing for home runs, you're going to strike out more often. Well, Remember, duh, that's yeah. common sense because, because right. you're looking to get the ball in the air. Right. Play and, it's like, and that stupid point. launch angle. That's what they're talking about. Getting the ball in the air. Would you um, be doing that on fly balls anyway? 
So I just, you know, I, I looked up on the uh, reference. The Yankees have 558 strikeouts, and that's, uh, I believe, six in the Surprise. league. Now, that surprises me, Troy. I'm, it's still a lot of strikeouts. There, there it's, still, it's, it's a lot less than 678. Yes, yeah. it is. That's about 114. Now, plus. here's something we ought to think about. These the 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 the, the, the that I don't particularly like, even though <laughs> as a fan, I enjoyed the heck out of it. As a baseball man, I don't. There was a game yesterday, and Luther, you may have heard about this. Um, Wake Forest. Beat Alabama twenty two to five, and there was a dozen home runs in that game, and that's great for the fan. But these are impressionable kids, you know. They're they're hitting these home runs now. When they go to Omaha now, that ballpark—that's that's a double and triples ballpark. Yeah, and and teams that know that have adapted well and can hit that way, they're going to win the thing. Because I mean, the 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 one of the brackets is already set. Virginia's gonna Virginia's gonna play TCU, and okay. Florida's gonna play All Roberts. That's bracket okay, so two. Two two of them are already. And bracket there's gonna one, be two. Bracket one is gonna be determined later tonight. But yeah, we right got now we got a game at six o'clock. Southern Miss. Well, no, 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 no. That game huh? is not gonna start at six o'clock. That what do you mean? In, that game is in a rain delay. Is so that we so? Know, we don't know what time that game's gonna start. So it's raining in Hattiesburg. Well, right now, yes. And then there's a game at 8 then o'clock. The, Sc- the Stanford-Texas game should be no problem. Yeah, it shouldn't be that, raining there. <laughs> the winner of that game will play Wake Forest. And oh, the winner of the Southern Miss-Tennessee game will play LSU. Mm, and that yeah. bracket will be filled. Boy, did LSU put some demolition on Kentucky and, they, and, and you know what? LSU might be the favorite. Because the way they were pitching and hitting against Kentucky... And the way they handle their regional, they might be the favorite to come out of that bracket. But I wonder about these hitters when they get drafted. What are they going to do it, after me, they've been hitting something. these amazing home runs, especially it, it the ones will, for the Deacons? Guess what? The bat is going to be a lot different because they're swinging with aluminum. You know, swinging with because no more metal. Because once you get drafted, the game changes. Oh yeah. Because you're not swinging with the aluminum bat because the aluminum bat. Steve, do we get, have any you... other hands raised at this time? Um, Yes, Malcolm Cole. Ah, All right, Malcolm. Welcome. Malcolm in the middle. What's up? What's going okay, on? Okay, here I am. Uh, yes. First off, <clears throat> Bob, I agree with you 100% about your <clears throat> earlier statement that uh, the game is being going the, the wrong way. Uh, second, pitchers. Practice, remember I made the statement last week, practice is specific. If you take a batter and put him in a batting cage, he's batting against a pitching machine. Yep, exactly. Does that pitching machine have the ability to throw a curveball, sinker, slider, sweeper, curveball, knuckle curve, everything other than a fastball? I think I think they can set them up that way, but will it actually pitch it that way? That's the I thing. Know. Now, here's the thing. How many pitchers have a release point the same angle as a pitching machine. None. Because None. Everybody, so now you have practiced. Now you practice the ball coming at you from a certain angle at, at a release point from the machine. You're perfectly perfect with that pitch. So you can bat a thousand in a batting cage. You That's get out on the mound. 
where that Thank pitcher you, now has a different <laughs> release point every yeah. pitch and every pitcher has a different release point to any other pitcher now that guy's not going to see the ball coming at the same from the same spot thank you Malcolm. that was my point that was my point about batting practice batting practice exactly. is much more predictable right so my the other point i feel in my opinion a catcher should be the best hitter on your team a He's behind the plate. He sees his pitcher. He knows what pitch is coming. He knows where it's coming from. He knows how it's going to break. As a batter, he can stand up there and not maybe not predict what the pitcher is going to throw because I think that's a that's a chance game and you can go to Las Vegas and predict what's going to be on the dice and, and lose you still your pants. Exactly. So as a batter, you go up there to try to predict what that pitcher is going to throw. You've got a 50-50 chance of being right and wrong. But as a batter, if you can go up there and and see where that ball is released from and see where that ball is coming to you from, you can predict what that pitch is then. And a catcher has a has it head over heels over anybody else because he sees the pitcher pitching that and he knows, well, that guy throws a curveball. It comes at this point and it comes and spins this way and goes down. I know how to feel. I know how to predict that curveball when I see it from another pitcher. But the thing is, though, but you, if guys, you're a catcher, you guys are making you're still making my point. You're making my point. Mm-hmm. My point mm-hmm. is my point is not whether he's throwing a curveball or or a slider. My point is can I can I see the ball? The ball's coming at ninety miles per hour. Okay, mm-hmm. regardless of whether whether it has a break or not. Can I see the ball? Can I get my bat on the ball? Especially at the, at the at the at the right point, I want to I want to hit the ball of at my front foot. I want to get right. contact on the ball. I want to get the I want to really want to hit the ball before it breaks. So so I'm I've I've got to make a split second swing to hit the ball at before it before it gets to the plate. Just just out out in front of it. I don't want to pull it too far because I'll hit it foul. But but I want to hit it. I want to hit it to left field. I'm a right-handed batter. But can I right. see it? And and that's that's what that's what batting practice gets you is making contact, repetition, and and that goes in. Yeah, but any you got to see. You got to see the ball. That's, that's, that's in hand. every aspect. That's in every aspect of every sport, any position you play, uh, or, or or any. Any facet of the game is repetition. If I'm a I'm a I'm a wide receiver, what's my job? Catching the ball. Fire balls at me. I want to be able to catch balls. I got to see them. I got to see them in my hand. Run and, the route and, properly. And same way as you can beat the defender. Yeah, you don't have to worry about the ball going to drop on a curve. Or it's going to slide to the left or the right. It's going well, straight at you. You know, some some hey, Terry Bradshaw will tell you that. That Lynn Swan <laughs> and, and and who was who was the other John Lynn Swan and Stallworth John Stallworth made him who he is today. <laughs> because oh yeah, all, because it was yeah. Just keep in mind, oh, yeah. it was all practice. Sure. But the but the other point you got to take into consideration is sometimes your catcher is not your best hitter. Sometimes your catcher is your best defender because. He may, well, we got- a good, he may not have a good enough bat, but what he can bring no. you with the intangibles 
behind the plate, if the manager sees fit, could be a lot more important than his bat. But the other thing, you don't want to have the ball go down and in on you. You just roll over the top with your hands and beat the ball into the ground for a double play. Yeah, we got two catchers, Austin Nola. We had, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we just got Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez is on fire. He's he's hot right now. He's got uh, Malcolm, five you say we. Runs. Who's your team, Malcolm? Oh, San Diego Padres. Uh, okay. I'm embarrassed to say that because of their records. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's it's going back to the fact that in batting practice, they're not they're not seeing the ball come out of a pitcher's arm. They're not watching that arm go and throw it. They're watching it come between <laughs> two tires. And it's like, well, okay, specifically practice. Yeah, you're perfect at that. But you're not going to go out there on the in the diamond and face a pitching machine. You're going to be facing a real person that's going to have his arm going in motion, and you got to you got to see where that ball leaves his hand, pick it up then, and then track the ball. Eye hand coordination, as somebody eloquently put it, trying to hit a round ball with a cylindrical bat is the hardest thing in sports to do. Yeah, because only only a certain few are graced with. I, th- I think I, I think we 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 forget, and Luther is right. I think what we forget our own peril when we sort of analyze this whole idea of ball hitting bat and all this stuff is that this uh, well that too uh, is um, is the whole <coughs> muscle memory thing. I mean, it's hard to hit a ball, oh, sure. and, so, and so the reason that you have these pitching machines is they aren't perfect, but they do throw all the pitches that their batters is going to see, and they can, has a chance. The hitters have a chance if they take it seriously. To, to get it ingrained in their muscles about how certain pitches are going to look and how to, how to, how to hit it's that's not going to solve all the problems in the world at the plate, obviously, you know, that's, that's no. a, but it will help. And my, my, yes. from what I hear uh, a lot of people, a lot of batters just don't take batting practice seriously. You know, they, they, for whatever reason, and then they, so then that, <laughs> that might have an impact on how they hit in the field, you know, when they're, when, when, when the game is on the line, because it's right. all, it's all practice. It's like foul yeah. shooting in, in basketball, right? You just got, you got to do look it. At, look at look at the look they're at the going up there in batting practice with a lazy attitude, and then they're perfectly perfect lazy. But now, when it comes time to be strength and and right on, they can't because they haven't practiced that. Let's flip yeah, the basketball for a second. Yeah, look at, go ahead, Luther. Look at what the Nuggets. Look at what the Nuggets are doing to the Heat. They're taking their best on the ball defender. Even though Nikola Jokic could be MVP, Aaron Gordon has basically gone one to four, shutting that option that's hot down. You look at baseball for a second. If a manager wants to bring in a left-hander who throws submarine or three-quarters, and he feels like that gives him the best option to win, and the other manager makes a counter move and switches from a right-hand batter against the lefty who's basically done well against him, well, look at that. I mean, what do you? I mean, think about that for a second. Because when, when we when we lost the pitchers hitting, and the DH came into play, that now gives you more cards to play at the deck. But at some point, it basically comes back to matchups. Basically. If a pitcher can, if a pitcher can make it through the lineup twice, the third time, as chances are that those batters have now picked his motion up, his path, and everything, and they'll start hitting him. Sometimes, not sometimes, all not all the time. If, if, if that pitcher, not 100%. If that, if that pitcher is right and he's locked in, 
Mm-hmm. They ain't gonna touch him. Yeah. Like, well, like uh, how many times? How many times you seen a starter give you six and two thirds, or seven, or eight? Snell did it yesterday. Bayo had that. Bayo went seven last night. I mean, Snell went went six uh, six innings and one mm-hmm. run, and I think he had like nine or ten strikeouts. And that and that's him. and that's what good pitchers do. They upset yep. the hitting. Yep. A beautiful game, and we still lost it. Our relief yeah. did nothing. Well, thank, thank you, you for your time, much. guys. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank yeah. you in the middle. Anybody you, else, Steve? Steve? Nobody else. Nobody at this time. All right, right. Just interrupt us when you see a hand raise, because we won't know okay. otherwise. What? Okay, I will do that. Wasn't there someone? Wasn't there a pitcher yesterday? And I can't remember which game it was. The pitcher, the the manager, wanted. Uh, left-handed batter. I mean, a left-handed pitcher to pitch to this <laughs> particular batter, and the the pitcher was breathing a lot. The starter was breathing was along, doing very well. Uh, and he brought in. He, I guess, he was using his analytics. He brought, yeah. brought in. What else is new? Brought in the pitcher, and bang, home. What else run. is new? Good enough. <laughs> Terrible. It's it's kind of it's kind of like what the Minnesota Vikings are doing right now. They just released Hook on Monday and what was it Friday or whatever because of he was going to get paid ten point four. Somebody on one of the podcasts I listened to said the Vikings are in this analytics mindset of we're going to get we need to get rid of the guy to save cash, but we have other guys that can win win ball games. You're just good enough. Our cousins just good enough. There are there are enough quarterbacks in the NFL that are just good enough. Oh, the the, the problem with the Cook has is that running backs tend to uh, become less effective beyond a certain age, wherever that age. From is. what I'm hearing, the deadline is thirty. Okay, I think it's actually when they, when they when they reach when they get to that thirty mark, that's when they say a lot of backs start losing their step, and they and I I, I think I think it might be less than that. It might be twenty seven or twenty eight, even. It might be even younger than that. Probably and, unle- and, unless you're one of the best. Right. I mean, there are exceptions to everything, and that that's exactly. why. And, that's why analytics have, have their downsides. I, I'm not quite as down as analytics as the rest of you are, only because, you know, they, 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 they predict certain things. And if, if sometimes, if, no, they, they, they say it, it more often than not in these, in these circumstances, this is going to happen. The problem is that it isn't perfect. And so what, what happens with, was it uh, the game we were just talking about where they bring in this pitcher? Probably more likely than not, this, this pitcher would have gotten that batter out. The batter just hit a home run. Now, you know that's 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 a bad example for analytics to work. I I get that, but you know there's a reason why analytics. Look, if analytics didn't work, there wouldn't be as many managers using it. You know, uh, you know um, the problem is they got to figure out when analytics does not work. You know, when except is, when a lot of managers who use it are not having very good records. Yeah, look, but, I mean, a lot of a lot of these managers didn't get dumb overnight. It's not yeah. like, oh my right. God, our manager was good last year. Right. He sucks this year. Why? It's not it's not because of analytics. Well, maybe it is, because as Tony LaRusa says, analytics has its place. Right. Sometimes you gotta have the old school gut. You gotta play a hunch. And with analytics, it's take it's basically taking the managers away from doing what they do best. Well, and and you know, as as we've said many times before, 
you know, you run the risk of, of wearing out your bullpen, you know, if the oh, analytics says, and, and that's what the Red Sox did last year, among other, among other and they were the only team. Who, who, and, look, and look at, look at the Cardinals currently at the moment. Yeah. They've, yeah. You've, you, they've used Cabrera and a lot of other guys out of that bullpen a lot to the point now where I got news today, Ryan Helsley is on the injured list retroactive to June 10th. Speaking of injured lists, what do you guys think of Chris Sale? Chris Sale strikes again. All of a sudden, Chris Sale is out for 60 days again. What? what? A shoulder inflammation or a shoulder fracture, stress fracture in the scapula. Oh, well, boy. The it's, it's probably, that's not a good sign. It's probably true. Probably and, true. And, and, you know, it's, it's not Sale's fault as far as no, I, I know. But not, my goodness, what? What a contract this is turning out to be! I mean, how would a career? Oh, it, I mean, get him out of there. Yeah, that uh, that maybe what's what's going to be but, needed. But the thing is, which team's going to take that? Because you're you're not going to trade that big lofty contract. Just just release him and have him hang up his spikes. That's what I'm well, saying. I mean, done. I, I mean, if, he, if you he can't play that, anymore, that's all I know he to- can't. But here's the problem. Kind of like with the NFL, if the MLB had the salary cap with a floor. That's what we need. Do you, do you know how much of a hit that would go on Boston? Because that would be dead money that they can't use. That's money that well, they can't use, use him. They can't use him now because he's hurt again. But what, what I'm saying is that money that they would have to eat. To, they they mm-hmm. couldn't allocate it to other spots. Uh, they deserve it. I mean, they. they... <laughs> so, gentlemen, do you think the Nuggets are going to win it tonight? Eliminate the Heat. What do you think? Well, I hope so. I, w- I want basketball and hockey to be over for heaven's sake. <laughs> I mean, it's June. Well, it's June. For years 13th. now, it's always ended in June. I mean, look, in fact, except for the COVID year when it ended in October, but that's another subject. Speaking of October, <laughs> I saw Bleacher Report's little rumor of when the NBA starts up again. October 24th. Yeah, yep. it's crazy. So basically, yeah, but- if it ends tomorrow, if it ends tonight, that means the two finalists are going to have less than three months to get ready. Yeah, you that's start it. Right back. That's yeah. that's normal. You got it. Yeah, yeah. And, but the draft, yeah. we got that draft. The draft is coming up. Well, the draft. What is what is it month. next? A couple of weeks. A couple of weeks from now. A week from yeah. Thursday or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Maybe that. it's two weeks from Thursday. Yeah. I. I. I well, what I find interesting, uh, and I and I I really. If you listen to ESPN radio, which I do most as far as when it comes to sports radio, that's what the, yeah. I listen to the most. The two most popular sports are basketball and football. Yeah. Baseball hardly gets any coverage at all. And hockey, forget about it. You um, know, unless, case, you're, unless you're unless you're listening to baseball tonight or watching the NHL. Right, 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 exactly. But I'm talking about sort of your standard ESPN. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You're but right. you're right. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah, right. you know, ESPN has really good baseball coverage, good hockey coverage, but you got to look for it. You know, you got uh, to find it. it, it but, um, it, it, you know, and, and mostly of the of the radio folks say, hey, this is this is what you guys want. This is, and that seems to be what the fans want. They don't want to hear about baseball, which I think is kind of sad. And part of the issue that raises for me is, what is the role of of the ESPN or any any of these sports commentators, these sports talk show hosts? You know, do they just do what the fans want, or do they, you know, sprinkle in other things that are equally important that the fans may may not want to hear about but should, right? Oh, you kind of you you kind of want to do balance, right? But guess what? The old adage is. 
keep bringing the hits. If the fans want to talk football, even though it's offseason because of free agency, the draft, players who could get picked up, players who could get cut, that's what the fans want to talk about. If fans want to talk about basketball, you know, how many games will John Morant be suspended that could be determined after the finals tonight or however long that takes? Right. Or, you know, yeah, but or who, or who could be, round. or, you know, or who could be going where? But, but Michael, football, football is year round sport. Especially at at the at the various levels, I mean, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a recruiting junkie. I'm 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 into. Oh, I, oh, I uh, love my fair share of recruiting. Because it's like, oh, this player's yeah, pick I'm, number sixty six in all college football. Yeah, I'm 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 a, I'm a recruiting junkie for for you know high school to college guys. Sure. I'm looking at all these guys. I mean, I, uh, I do high school games. all over the place, and 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 and, here, and then the, the scouting for from college to pros. So I mean, so he, here here in the state of Tennessee, in almost every high school, almost everybody is being scouted by a D one or a D two or whatever program that has football or basketball. I mean, this here in this state and baseball, it is literally a hotbed down here. But but just I, I don't know if I, I don't know if you remember. Uh, I, I'm gonna say even 20 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, um, that baseball was a year-round sport. It was, yeah. It, it was, baseball was a well, year-round it sport. Still they, they, is. They, no, but it's but it's not. It's but not, it's not being it's, talked it's, about. It's not much. marketed that way. And and, that, the, and and you just hit on it. You mean there was it's, more emphasis on the fall leagues back oh, then, Peter, in Arizona? Yeah, and, and, and the scouting and Dominican the, leagues. the hot yes. stove leagues and the managers' meetings in, you know, in, in, in December and all that stuff. That gets the very, meetings, very yeah. little. The winter meeting, that stuff gets no coverage unless you listen mm. to a baseball, you know, uh, like Unless ESPN. you're a baseball junkie, yeah. nobody gives a crap. Now, Bob, if we don't have any hands, I'd like to take a minute. Yeah, we go ahead. Hands Who's our... We have no hands. Okay, okay. go ahead, Don. Here, I'm gonna. I have two things. First of all, on my own show, the Baseball Lifer, which you can get wherever you get your good podcasts. The next Friday, the 16th, we're gonna have a special episode concerning the College World Series. I'll have guests Adam Giardino and Chris Jones, both of whom broadcast from University of Connecticut. Two teams who've been in the regional, but the Connecticut's not made it to the World Series in a while. But these guys, they know the game. And then the week after, the 23rd, I have John Sadak, the TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds, who went to this, he went to the same college that I did. And he, he, he was very kind. And we've been actually, we've been dancing since spring training, trying to set this up, but I'm going to interview the man tomorrow and we'll put it on the air. On the 23rd, that was thing one. The show, the new show, the Baseball Lifer releases every Friday and you can get it wherever you get your good podcasts. Now, thing two, Bob, is something you sent to my attention and it it, it reminded me of my old beatball days because from what you, from what it said in, was it, was it Taunton or Staunton, Massachusetts? Taunton, Taunton, oh, that, Massachusetts, you mean that story on Sunday? Yes, you got you got the little league and you got the parents, you know, getting on the umpires. And now the the league, if I read it right, the league is actually getting rid of the umpires and suspending them for the rest of the playoffs. 
I mean, that's, and they that's want insane. volunteers. Imagine that. They want these poor volunteers to get pushed around by these Here, Here's a thought for you. I wouldn't volunteer under any circumstances. Here, no here's, way. Here's, here's my case. suggestion. Here's my suggestion. And, Bob, I think you put it eloquently, but I'd go one step further. Besides the bill being put into law, that it could be a fine up to such and such, you know, if you're going to act that stupid... You should not even be dragged out of the park. You should not even be allowed to come back to the facility until you, gonna, until you act like you got some sense. And, it's so easy to figure and, that out. And your kids shouldn't even be allowed to play until you figure it out. No, see, and that's the problem. You know, I, the, the parents are, are less mature than, than their kids when it comes to my... Exactly. And, and, and that's really pathetic. That and, really and, is and, pathetic. Hey, um, hey, you know, check this out, though. Parents think their kids playing sports should be their birthright. They don't feel like they have to earn it. I'm sorry, but the last time I checked, if you're going to play sports and you sign up and you don't make the team, try again next year. Right, but we're talking about two separate issues here. We, what the danger of not allowing kids to play because of parent because their parents' stupidity, you're blaming the kid for the parents' stupidity. You know, if the kids aren't good enough, okay, fine. They don't make the team. I get that. But if you're going to, if you're going to say, Hey kid, you can't play because your parents an idiot. That's, that's not going to help anything. Yeah. That's problematic. Yeah. It's problematic, but you you got, you got to do something because at some point the kid's going to emulate what they see from their parent. And And at some point, nobody's going to give a, excuse my French, damn about what you do when you're a little kid and when you get in the real the thing is, if if the kid let's let's assume because uh, let's assume that the parent is the problem and the kids with a with a good baseball coach who's modeling modeling good behavior, where would you want the kid to be more around the little league coach or the parent? Well, the, you would the, hope the good coach, coach if you can find one. Well, and you know, the, you coach, the coaches tend to be people who are concerned about. Now, I'm, I'm talking about tendencies here, right? I'm not talking about sure. Uh, and, we're and talking about some, statistics. And uh, there are sometimes know. tendencies don't add That's up. right. Sometimes they don't. But from, from what I've heard, because this has been a story I've heard, uh, it comes up all the time on, uh, you know, on, on, on stories that I hear. This is a problem all over the country. This is not just a problem. Same thing, and same it's thing not here. new. It's not new either, yeah, guys. No, this has been, yeah. parents have been a problem going all the way back to the 1970s. I remember an article in Sports Illustrated sometime in the 70s when I was a constant reader of Sports Illustrated about the parents' bad influence on their kids during these games. And I even saw it in Beatball, for the love of Mike. I mean, we had, and I I won't name names, but there was one mom, and thank God it wasn't my mom. Uh, This this woman was, you know, yap, 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 yap at the at the umpires who were volunteers, I might add, and they were also pitching to us. So she, she was just, and, and she was just giving them the business. And we, we, the kids, we were like, you know, let's play the game already. Yeah. yeah. You know, cause we, it was nothing to us, not, not the way it was to this one mom in particular, you know, it was like, you know, it was the, the end of her world. If she got a, a bad call against one of her, kids and believe me she had entirely too many kids but don i i i get your point about uh it, it's always been a problem with, with minor league base i'm sorry little league baseball but it's gotten worse i mean everything that i've heard the parents have gotten more obnoxious uh and 
you know, I, I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to be an umpire for, for, for a little league. I don't care. Volunteer paid does I, you know, why would I want to do that? Pete, let me, let me they, they see an Albert Bell on TV thing. and we have about one minute, gentlemen. Let me, let me quickly take this one step further because I know we're running out of time. It's so bad for refereeing here. They are literally putting radio advertisements for athletic sporting events to get more officials to officiate. To get zebras. It's, it's literally so bad. Wow. With parents, umpires not being paid. I'm like, something has to be done. Mm. No, they, they, need, they need to kick the parents out and there should be built, you know, as you said, uh, somebody, Don or somebody. We need to there, find a way to. If parents are obnoxious, they need to be kicked out of the kicked, kicked out of the stadium. So, so, and yeah. so, you're going to suspend the umpires? Like that's going to do a world like, of good for little league. It's it's not yeah, sus- it, 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 we're not suspending the umpires because they're bad people. We're suspending because they don't because it's too dangerous for them. And they're and they're well, that's, that's the get the police to escort the parent off the field. That's all. Didn't you I, didn't, I, didn't I see another story about a dad following an umpire to their house? I mean, it's it's that. Jesus. It, it's mean, ridiculous. It should be that simple to figure out. Like, pay a detail on, officer, what? like I had to do when I ran an adult slow pitch softball league. Pay a detail cop. And that may, that maybe that may be what's required. What? I don't know. I don't know enough about the issue as to you know why that's not happening more often. Do they do they do they have, do they, do they have a commissioner? Do they have a commissioner of discipline in that particular league? I would hope so. It's a sophisticated <clears throat> little organization. Because for me, it seems like that there should be a commissioner. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we are out of We're time, out of time. gentlemen. So I want to thank everybody, Luther, yeah. Michael, Peter, Don. Thanks very much. Thank you to our participants. And Steve, thank you for being our host for today. Thanks for taking the time. We will be back next week. Go safe with God's abundant blessings. I'm Bob Branco. Have a great day.